Major support for Out to Lunch is provided by the law firm of Jones Walker, established in 1937 with over 375 attorneys in offices throughout the U.S., providing a comprehensive range of services to a local, national, and international client base. JonesWalker.com. From Tsunami Sushi in downtown Lafayette, we're Out to Lunch with Christian Maida, editor and publisher of The Current. It's business Acadiana style. Welcome to Out to Lunch. I'm Christian Mader. You know the cliche, knowledge is power. Even Alexander the Great had a tutor while he conquered the known world. It helped that it was Aristotle. A good education is a strong indicator of future success in business and in life generally, so it shouldn't be surprising that there's a vibrant industry out there in preparing people for getting ahead in school. Modern education throws a lot of tests out at you. You want to go to college, you take the ACT. You want to go to business school, you take the GMAT. And that's on top of the regular classes, tests, essays, other homework you've got on your to-do list. It can be a lot to manage. And my guest, Garrett Duet, is there to help you. Garrett is the founder of Open Door Tutoring, which offers tutoring services for students at all grade levels and for those pesky standardized tests. Garrett is a student himself. He uh, is studying to be a mechanical engineer at UL. In fact, most of the tutors at Open Door Tutoring are students, and many of them in engineering programs. It helps to be students to teach students, Garrett says. And He's from Youngsville and founded Open Door in 2022. Garrett Duet, welcome to Out to Lunch. Appreciate you all having me. Okay, so Garrett's job is to teach one student at a time. How about teaching 30,000? You could say that's my next guest job. Mark Rabelais is the assistant superintendent of curriculum and instruction for Lafayette Parish School System, the public school system here in Lafayette. And Mark's role is to direct how the system's 47 schools teach. Public schools have always been a part of Mark's life. His parents were public school advocates and his sister is an administrator. He began his own career as a teacher at Pineville High School, his hometown. He moved to Lafayette to take a job as the assistant principal at Ernest Gallette Elementary School. Mark holds a master's degree in art from Northwestern State and is a doctorate in education from UL. Dr. Mark Rabelais, welcome to Out to Lunch. How y'all doing? Thank y'all for having me. So Garrett, plenty of students do tutoring on the side. Um, you know, I think this is a thing. People find ways to make money doing that. So when you decide to make the leap, did you find you had to convince parents that Open Door was going to be a better fit than just like the kid down the block? Uh, it kind of depends on where they were coming from. So I, I went to Southside myself uh, in Youngsville. A lot of the parents already knew me. A lot of teachers already knew me. So if they were coming from there, which was where our original students were coming from, um, it didn't take much to convince them. You know, yeah. they were they were willing to come to us instead of going to other company because we were a new company. We were students ourselves. We knew what we were doing. Um, it just worked out. But um, so you worked the kid down the block. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> so you're the kid down the block, but you had a, a company yeah. name. Was yeah. the difference? Exactly. Mm-hmm. So yeah. I, I mean, are there a lot of tutoring companies? I guess I say that as though there would be a lot. I mean, I'm sort of thinking there no. are service companies, but I don't know there's, that a lot of them hang a shingle like you do. Right. Uh, there's not a whole lot. Um, they have, the, you know, you have some big platforms online like Wiseant or, um, you know, Sylvan is another uh, a brick and mortar that they have sure. around here. But yeah. um, a lot of what they're doing is not necessarily one-on-one mm-hmm. it'll be you know two or three students in a, in a classroom and they the tutors split in between those different students um so we're only doing one-on-one you know tutoring uh any subject they need really we do elementary through you know college level courses everything really um but yeah there's not very many tutoring companies out there the two or three that i know in lafayette um i know the owners very well and they're you know they're doing good but uh it's 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 definitely not around here as often as you know it might be needed yeah mark you're nodding your head you're saying this is so this is a thing 
Right. Well, there's, I believe him. Yeah, there's not a lot of services that he's describing that are widely available or out there. Um, so, and then I'm excited because he's a former uh, Lafayette Parish school system student. So, double plug. Uh, yeah. But no, he's absolutely right. The, usually what is offered is usually like a vendor-led or a more commercial right. size scale of service mm-hmm. uh, to where what I'm hearing you describe is very individualized yeah, and more uh, toned to the specific students. Oh, yes, yeah, so definitely. That's, the- yeah, that's, that's not a... Um, common thing that you hear about yeah. Yeah. you'll have all your people on facebook and everything you know your tutor here and there but as far as a a smaller organization that has tutors to pick from mm-hmm. that'll fit you better versus you know just going online and finding some tutor that's in california or new york or something like that it, uh it's a lot different and what we try to do at the um with our schools is connect those kids to the teachers after hours as much as they can but as you guys know um, teachers get tired, yep. students get tired, parents get tired, so sometimes to keep them after hours can be a lot to ask, but we do try to connect them as much as we can um, before school, after school, yep. summer times, things like that. So um, it's always good to hear that you guys have some other connections with them. Yeah. That's good yep, to know. So, Mark, I wanted to ask you a bit about, um, you know, the academy approach that, that LPSS takes, right? And, and kind of bridge this into this tutoring conversation, right? I mean, you have a lot of programs, STEM programs, right? I live near Lafayette Middle School, Academy of Environmental Science, right? I mean, does that mean, you know, beyond, you know, what kids need to get instruction in the classroom? If you need, say, after-school teaching, do we need to find somebody who has a specialty, say, in environmental science? Does it create an extra challenge for kind of creating that marketplace for tutors or, you know, additional supplemental It just forces you to be efficient with the resources you have. Um, Certainly you have to connect. So if you have an environmental science teacher or your science teachers at those academies, then you try to make sure you use those teachers to boost up those academy students and get them, uh, again, either the extra attention or the enrichment, Mm -hmm. you know, because we always talk about intervention if the kid's not getting it. Another big piece of academics that doesn't get as much, I guess, discussion is the enrichment part, right? Mm -hmm. So like what you're discussing I'm good at science how can I be great at science I'm good at art how can I be great at art so that enrichment piece can be um, just as pivotal with some of the um, you know uh, giving the school the student and the school more attention with those academies and uh, and directing those efforts yeah Yeah. so I mean I when I was a kid I was thinking I was all over the map right and so I could talk to me one week and say like hey what are you into and I'd say like piano or something (laughs) So you go to a school of performing arts, but then the next week I might say like, you know, kind of over piano. I mean, do you, how do kids kind of like sort of go through that discernment, right? To be able to kind of pick which program maybe that they want. I mean, do you find that kids- So for the academies, I mean, we start in the elementary. So, yeah. I mean, like you mentioned the arts. So Jay Wallace James has an arts academy um, that allows them to kind of get exposure to yeah. some of those different art forms and media, um, kind of find their pathway and then go to LJ Alamon. Yep. It can even bridge to Como now in our right. high school. Yeah. So, and so we have the similar setup with even our foreign languages and our immersion language uh, academies, um, as well as, you know, um, you mentioned STEM and math and computer sciences, uh, broadcasting to Northside High. Mm-hmm. So I think it is about, you know, our superintendent's really adamant and she reminds us all the time. It's about providing opportunities to kids. Mm-hmm. And so I think that's all it comes down to is uh, empowering students to make the right decisions that give them the opportunity to explore what they're passionate and interest about. Yeah. yeah. Garrett, I mean, did you know it? sophomore year in high school did you know you wanted to be a mechanical engineer oh, no, not at all. I, I still don't know if i want to be a mechanical engineer hey that's fine yeah <laughs> yeah I mean, education yeah <laughs> we'll see about that um but no i mean i got to college and i mean i was always good at math and science so i knew that was kind of the route where i wanted to go um 
but you know, I chose engineering just because I knew I couldn't go wrong with it, really. Right. Um, you know, no matter what you do, you're going to have a job and you're going to make enough money to, you know, live a decent life. Mm-hmm. Um, so that's why I chose mechanical. And it was just, you know, it seemed the most reasonable at the time. Um, if I had to redo it, given my, my business experience that I have with tutoring, I would probably go into business, uh, get my undergrad, then get my master's uh for business, but um, I'm not yeah. a college counselor. I don't think it's too late for you. Yeah. I mean, I know you're like a senior, <laughs> no. right? No, not but at I all. Mean, like, if you wanted to get an MBA, I don't uh, think I mean, you'd have a at this not point. Locked in here. Yeah, I'm not. But uh, yeah. at, at the same time, I'm I'm uh, wanting to get out of school. I'm tired sure. of school at this point. You I, know, I, I mean, so like, I, I get that this is a business, or you you start on the side. I mean, a lot of mm-hmm. ways, a lot of folks might would you know, mow lawns or something like that. But I mean, I'm assuming you're thinking this is going pretty well maybe I keep doing this I yeah. mean, as opposed to no offense to the educators you're like going back <laughs> into school I mean you could just keep doing right yeah it's possible um you know I have it set up to where it sort of it doesn't rely all on me so it's very reasonable for me to you know say that I could you know hire on a few more people and they could sort of run the business that way um and then pursue other ventures you know generally i i, I view myself as an entrepreneur you know somebody that's just looking for business ideas and uh wanting to explore um i don't like to set myself on one thing all the time just kind of why i've explored you know mechanical and then tutoring at the same time so it's you know it's um not sure exactly what's gonna what my plan is after school and uh with tutoring and everything but um it's definitely an option for me to continue to pursue the tutoring and um continue to grow that um you know as far as what we are right now uh it's it's more of a small business you know you, you're not having a bunch of investors taking on or anything and sure. growing it to this some you know huge platform like wisent online mm-hmm. uh but if i were to continue to uh grow the company that is likely where it would go because it's it's the most reasonable path it's the most uh it has the most prob- possibility for growth i would say mm-hmm. taking on investors but i'm not sure if i really want to get into all that and deal with all the, that kind of stuff um so we'll see yeah. you know mark is there an entrepreneurship academy <laughs> there actually is an entrepreneurship uh pathway that you can explore to, yeah. uh, so that kids in high school when they're starting trying to de- decide on their college and career diploma track mm-hmm. uh they can explore entrepreneur classes which is basically kind okay. of uh mentoring and interning in the college and career field of their choice and so mm-hmm. they can do a number of hours with entrepreneurs and shadowing things yep. that um awesome. describing yeah, I will say I haven't, um, you know, when I was in school, I hadn't really explored anything to do with entrepreneurship. That's not my plan at all. You know, I was just planning to get my engineering degree and get a job after. Um, but just talking to people, uh, you know, around town and the gym and everything, um, they kind of showed me that it is possible to own a business and to do more than one thing um, in your lifetime than just having a 40-year career or something like that, which nothing wrong with that, but uh, I had never thought about that. And I was always kind of stuck, you know, do I really want to do this forever? Uh, what, you know, what other options are there? That's good to hear that there is some kind of, you know, mm-hmm. program Trying that y'all are doing it. to what is the, expose Can I ask that. a question? What is the most rewarding part of the, um, the tutoring that you found or what, like, kind of drew you to that, so, I guess, that side of it? Yeah. Um, originally, it was just being able to see the students succeed themselves, uh, the progress that they were making. Um, where I'm at now, which is sort of managing the tutors of the company, uh, it's those messages you get from the parents at the end of the year or at, after the test or something like that, you know. The growth and progress. Right. Some parents would tell us, you know, you literally saved our household because yeah. we couldn't help our student anymore for, you know, for homework. And I was like, wow, okay. I didn't know it was 
it was doing that much for y'all, but that's amazing. I mean, it it does a lot for you. Yeah. Yeah. You know, it kind of, Mark, is you have that kind of programming kind of built within within the school system. You'd be able to have access to that, right? Um, it seems like, I mean, look, I, I run a business podcast. I talk to a lot of people, just sort of self-selection bias here, people who are on, entrepreneurs, right? I mean, um, I mean, is that a... Let's say you wanted to start an entrepreneurship track that was kind of more formalized. I mean, do we have the flexibility to do something like that in the school system? I mean, how, how would that work? Um, so, I mean, it's all about trying to get kids. So, first of all, you got to think through graduation requirements and credits, right? So, right. like, some kids have holes in their schedule, we say. Like, yeah. they have room to kind of explore other interests and opportunities along the way. Um, so is it possible we would have to then look at what is the state requirement in certain pathways? Because we don't want to send the kid down a route of, um, I don't know, overscheduling electives that are not going to count toward their graduation sure. and they run risk of not actually having a high school diploma when it's all said and done. Yeah. Um, but the state does look at and review those diploma pathways um, I don't know, pretty often. Yeah. So it's one of those things to where if there really is a need that other districts and um, superintendents will look at and kind of say, hey, this is what we're thinking. And then they usually can try to, to carve something out as possible coursework to get them to that end goal. So to answer your question, it is possible. Is but, it overnight quick turnkey? It's not. Sure. There's a lot of other, you know, things you got to go through before that process. I'd imagine that's you know, that would be sort of a, a pretty abstract curriculum too. Like it's not necessarily you, you know, this is the path you take to become an entrepreneur. Right. It's not, there's. Well, and like you mentioned business, very, like, you know, so you would have to have some reasonable foundation of math, right? right you would have to right. have some reasonable foundation of, um, I don't know, basic writing and technical yeah. understanding mm -hmm. of documents and things like that. So um, I think once you can lay that foundation a hundred percent, then you can kind of find where the, the niche is beyond that. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I mean, there's there's so many y'all. There's like, um, I couldn't even tell you. But I mean, we have so many opportunities and um, I guess pathways for students to explore, like engineering. I mean, we have kids finishing at ECA with a high school diploma and an associate's degree simultaneously. Mm -hmm. We have kids like Southside was a good example you mentioned earlier of. I mean, I don't know. They leave with 14, 18, 20 oh, credits. Of, I graduated with 50. Yeah from high school yeah so i mean just ample ample opportunity for dual enrollment advanced placement mm -hmm. courses and offerings and college uh connections that are there you're listening to out to lunch i'm christian mater i'm talking with mark rabelais an assistant superintendent at lafayette parish school system and garrett duet founder of open door tutoring so I, I kind of feel like mark i want to get a clear sense of of sort of your duties and like what you can do because obviously you, you made note of right there, there are limitations that you kind of run up against based on state policies, state regulations, laws are passed, or graduation requirements, stuff like that. So, so talk to me a bit about like your role from sort of the visioning standpoint, right? Like to the extent that, you know, you're, you're in charge of the curriculum, you're in charge of instruction. I mean, what latitude do you have to say, hey, I think that, you know, our school system needs to go in this direction. I mean, how does that actually work? So I guess, you know, you need to know for the, for us, the biggest aim is just, improving day-to-day -day instruction, teaching, and learning, right? Like on the very basic level, and that's that's easier said than done sure. in a lot of places, yeah. right? You're talking about the science and art of teaching, which our teachers are doing an amazing job, and it's an unbelievably complicated, like, oh, yeah. you know, Garrett, you, you could probably test to that now that even one-on-one, -on -one, imagine that times 20, yeah. 25 every yeah. day, right? Mm -hmm. Dealing with 25 to 30 different personalities every hour, all the time, and trying to establish content understanding as well as 
teachers understanding what's required on the eventual test or graduation requirement. So for us, it's all about building the understanding of our teachers, building the understanding of our admin around what are the, I guess, benchmarks of learning at every grade, at every content, at appropriate levels of child development. Um, trying to build in some regular feedback to teachers and administration on and progress points of how are things going right mm -hmm. looking at the data looking at the evidence looking at what students are doing and how they're progressing and kind of making shifts along the way um, to answer your question what can we do within that curriculum and within those standards adopted by the state we can put in some engagement strategies or teaching strategies that can hit you know wider audience of students or think about our testing that we do at the school level or at the district level and getting the data that we want and getting the data that we need um, but also on my side is also um, you know um, special education department making sure that those students get the accommodations and get the educational learning that they need uh, English language learning making sure they get the language scaffolds and they get the resources and supports they need um, and then just all of your electives with um, CTE and art so like welding uh, engineering we have uh, auto shop and paint and body right now, HVAC programs, we have nursing programs, we have customer service and food uh, technician programs. So um, all that to say there's a lot of moving parts that you're trying to make sure that uh, people have the resources, the training and support they need to do an adequate and fair job by kids on the everyday. So I'm curious, I mean, how has the role or the job of being a teacher or your impression of it, I suppose, changed from being a teacher and then becoming an administrator? I mean, has it changed your perspective on that job at all? Um, yeah. I mean, at my heart, I'm always considered myself a teacher. I love teaching. Yeah. Um, I never I never stopped trying to um, teach, uh, whether that's, um, you know, visiting classrooms and trying to get in front of classrooms or trying to visit with admin and teachers, um, but, you know, or at the university level when I can do that as well. Um, but I'm a teacher at heart. So have the X's and O's of teaching changed? Yes. Has the landscape and, you know, personality and culture around teaching sometimes shift? Yes. Um, but at the heart of it, it's about building relationships with kids, building relationships with the other teachers on your campus, and understanding I want to get kid Y from A to B, right? And trying to follow whatever that means uh, through and through. And so um, we've seen teachers that have come in uncertified that have done amazing things because they're able to connect with kids and connect with content on a deep level. Um, and we've seen our uh, veteran teachers continue to learn and adopt to new curriculums, new standard shifts, new assessments, and they've continued to flourish. So um, you have to have a growth mindset. You have to have a change mindset. Um, if there's one thing about education, there's always change somewhere, right? So um, just being able to adapt and be flexible to that is, is kind of in the cornerstone of a lot of conversations but um, but yeah I mean at the core of it um, has a lot changed yes is an incredibly hard job a hundred percent are um, people still just loving what they do and loving to get into the business they are hmm. yep. Garrett I mean how how is your perception of your job changed now that you're a manager so, I mean do you are you finding that you're having to I don't know correct your tutors i mean you get it get involved at the level where you're like look it's just other people sort of represent you and right. what you do now um so a lot of my tutors you know I, I i consider them to be very responsible you know these are students that are you know 4.0 students they've been 4.0 students all their life they they're on top of it as far as actually correcting my tutors it's, i don't have to do it much okay. they're very great people um 
but I will say, you know, to, to go off of what Dr. Robley was saying about the, um, you know, the relationships that teachers are able to build with the students. Yep. When you have that many students in a classroom, it, it can be difficult to always build that relationship and get to know the student. Um, but I also agree with him in saying that it helps a lot to go forward throughout the rest of the year, throughout their whole entire, you know, academic career for the student. Um, one big thing that we push at Open Door is, uh, you know, our slogan is tutoring with the student's perspective in mind. Um, one thing we try to push is to make the student as comfortable as possible and to build that relationship in that first session. I tell my tutors, if you don't teach them anything at all for the first session and just talk to them and just find out about them, it does wonders for the rest of their sessions going forward. You know, it's, it's very important to have that uh, connection between the teacher and the student, whether it's a tutor or a, an actual teacher teaching to a classroom. Did, did that philosophy come from having gone through tutoring yourself? at all i mean i guess i'm trying to sense like that's an interesting value proposition right yep. if i'm trying to shop in the marketplace of tutors and i'm saying mm -hmm. well these guys kind of come at it with this attitude that they're going to make my you know my my kid really comfortable and like i mean that's that's a that's a selling point but yep. i mean was that just something that was very natural to your personality or was it like, you know you're looking at and you're saying you know man these tutoring services they they're missing the the big picture here right well you know i'm a student myself so it helps to have that perspective in seeing that uh you know, when I got to college, my first year of college was all online. I had no communication with my teachers at all. It was like I, I didn't go to school at all for at, for a year at UF. A lot of kids um, would really like that. <laughs> well, I thought I did too until I went to school. Yeah, sure. Um, but um, so that kind of uh, you know, that perspective came from not being able to talk to my teachers. Gotcha. Uh, and the teachers that I had in high school also. Um, you know, at Southside, they were, you know, we, we got all the best teachers. We were the new school, everybody wanted to be there. So we got, you know, we, I would imagine we kind of got a selection and who we wanted to choose from. Um, but yeah, they were all awesome. And the teachers that I remember and I still talk to today, uh, I built that relationship with them. They were able to, you know, talk to me outside of the classroom besides just, you know, the regular edu education type stuff, besides just, you know, helping us out on a couple of math problems or anything like that. The teachers that I remember and I feel helped me the most were the ones that were talking to me and helping me out with things outside of just the education part of it. Yeah. That's where that, that perspective came from. And that's something we find is even, I don't know, more important. You talked about the change in some of the things we've seen um, since COVID. That's one of the things that we have seen that that social emotional piece, that just emotional intelligence and being aware of, you know, uh, kind of like you said, the uh, the connectedness you have to other yeah. students or others, uh, it's just it's just been become more and more vital since then because uh, kids were isolated for a sense of time. They were they were stranded out there for a sense of time. Uh, they weren't connected to their schools as much, um, and so now that we've had them back for a year and a half, two years now, it's it's starting to see that you know how important that relationship piece is. Um, one thing we also started the last few years too. Um, similar to what you would have been great at too, Garrett, would have been a pre-educator pathway that we've started at our high schools now. So now you can start to earn dual enrollment credits while you're in high school in working with a pre-educator pathway. So essentially uh, you're learning the foundational educational skills and education kind of uh, understanding 
um, and then actually being mentors to others or working mm -hmm. with even we had some of our middle schools that they're working with also um, and so I've been working with um, the class at Lafayette High and I visited with them at least a couple of times this year uh, it's just been phenomenal like it their understanding of exactly like yeah. understanding the bigger picture of what's going on behind the scenes when it comes to quote-unquote teaching and an education so um, but I, I'd have no doubt you're you're doing good stuff with with tutoring I appreciate that yep. Garrett is is he didn't need much tutoring. I'm just going to tell you, he didn't need much tutoring. I'm, I know point blank he didn't need much tutoring. Garrett, I mean, are, are you now considering a life in education? Oh, I can't say I am. Um, <laughs> like I said, I'm much more, uh, I would say, business-minded. Sure, um, yeah. It's been an opportunity for me, for sure, yeah. uh, the education industry. Um, but, you know, I'm not exactly sure. That's, that's not something I want to do forever. Uh, it's you have awesome. to make a it, there's a lot right of, now. Okay. Right, exactly. <laughs> And I, I'm not willing to make that commitment. Yeah. But you know what? A lot yeah. of people like you, they don't make that connection of how they can serve the school or the community. So whether it's right. tutoring or just being mm -hmm. a volunteer or just connecting yeah. with your school or supporting the school and the teacher and seeing what oh, they yeah. need. You know, so whether it's, you know, right now someone like you or a new parent or someone that's just looking to, to stay connected. I yeah. mean, uh, I applaud you for just trying to find ways to, to support that. that oh, group. yeah, definitely. Yeah. I mean, that was definitely one of the goals is uh, not only just try to help out the the students that need it, but to also help out my friends that I'm seeing in school that are, you know, yeah. it's hard for them to manage their schedule while they're in school. You know, they need some kind of job to keep them going that's not going to take up all their time. Maybe they don't want to work in a restaurant. That's, that's kind of the only option they're looking at, basically. Um, so being able to help out the whole of the community, not just the students, tutors also, the parents, everybody surrounded in the system, uh, I think is... Um, you know, maybe I, I don't want to pursue the education industry, but uh, being able to serve the community, that, that's uh, important There's to other me. ways to help, yep. Yeah, I mean, no, no doubt that any anytime I see people working in, in education, what, whatever capacity, it always feels vocational, service-oriented. Mm -hmm. I mean, it's why people get into it, whether even they're trying to make a buck off for it, too, <laughs> right? I mean, I, th those aren't mutually exclusive. Um, so, Mark and Garrett, thank you so much for joining me on Out to Lunch Acadiana. Appreciate you. Thank you. My guests on Out to Lunch today have been Garrett Duet, owner of Open Door Tutoring, and Mark Rabelais, assistant superintendent of curriculum and instruction at Lafayette Parish School System. We edited this conversation to fit into our time slot here on KRBS, and you can hear our unedited conversation to find out more about Garrett and Mark by listening to the Out to Lunch Acadiana podcast. You can find and subscribe on your podcast app and on our website, itsacadiana.com. You want to know what we all look like? You can find photos from this show on itsacadiana.com and on our Out to Lunch Acadiana social media. These photos were taken by Aster Morgan. You can find more of Aster's photos at astermorgan.com. Out to Lunch Acadiana is a production of INO Broadcasting for itsacadiana.com and KRBS 88.7 FM. The producer of our show is Grant Morris. Our technical producer is Eric Merle. Our associate producers are Molly Richard and Chad Terrio. Our researcher is Leah Erdialis. And today's show was engineered by Dylan Babineau. I'm Christian Mater, editor of The Current, Lafayette's nonprofit newsroom. To get the scoop on Lafayette, head over to thecurrentla.com and sign up for our free newsletter. We'll see you here next time for more business conversation on Out to Lunch Acadiana. See you later. Out to Lunch Acadiana was recorded live over lunch at Tsunami Sushi on Jefferson Street in downtown Lafayette. Tsunami is open Tuesday through Saturday for lunch and dinner, serving sushi, sashimi, salads, and authentic Japanese grilled dishes. Tsunami welcomes casual dining or reservations. More information at servingsushi.com. Major support for Out to Lunch is provided by the law firm of Jones Walker, established in 1937 with over 375 attorneys in offices throughout the U.S., providing a comprehensive range of services services to a local, national, and international client base. JonesWalker.com.
Mitchell Foreman wrote and performs all the music on Out to Lunch. You can hear Mitchell's music anywhere great jazz is sold or streamed and at MitchellForeman.com. If you'd like to be part of Out to Lunch, to learn how your business or organization can become an Out to Lunch program partner, email info at inobroadcasting.com.